Maloni, this is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. I'm Susana Suiswiki. Coming up, Cyclone Lola batters over remote island and Solomon Islands. Also, we've noticed a real increase over that last year or two of Pacific engagement with our citizens. Community initiatives are helping reduce suicide stats among Pacifica in New Zealand. And later on, both vying for a fourth Rugby World Cup title, will it be the All Blacks or Springboks? A remote island in Solomon Islands has sustained serious damage after it was hit by Cyclone Lola at its highest strength as a Category 5 system. Solomon Islands National Disaster Management has issued a situation report confirming Tikopia has been significantly impacted. As of Friday local time, more than 100 homes were reported to have been destroyed and four people, including a child, had been injured. Mary Alalo, a Tikopian community member who is based in Suva, told Lydia Law's families are homeless, in need of food, clean water, clothes and urgent emergency relief supplies. In terms of the unconfirmed reports I've had, so, so these are from HSF where to uh, communication from the islands uh, to some of our people in Honiara. So they said there were 100 houses that were destroyed and four people were injured and one of them is a child. And people like without shelter right now and are really in need of food and water. And so our Tikopian community in Honiara, they are organizing an agent meeting to meet and discuss how to raise funds and contribute to really raise up emergency supplies to help our people in the island of Tikopia. So so just to give you some brief background about Tikopia, um, there are sort of like two districts. One is called Rofaya and the other is Ravenga. So the reports in terms of the um, hundred houses that were destroyed is mainly from the district of Rofaya. There are still no reports from the other district, Ravenga, uh, mainly because of uh, lack of communication. I think there's only one HF radio that is operational on the island. And there's also another of our uh, I would say Polynesian outliers, it's called Anuta, and currently we haven't had any reports from Anuta Island. It's also one of those very remote communities that's often very difficult to get information because of its uh, isolation and lack of communication facilities. And uh, the other report that came back was that the there was a communications tower uh, installed by Solomon Islands Telecom and that was also damaged during the cyclone. And how remote is Tikopia? So if you say you take uh, a ship from Honiara, our capital, to Tikopia and with all the different stops in the islands, it takes about almost two weeks to get there because it's three days' journey from the capital to our provincial capital, Lata, and then uh, there would be, like, loading of cargoes and all those and several stops in some of the islands. And once it reaches Tikopia, it's almost two weeks. Uh, just to give you an example of how remote it is, um, so there hasn't been a boat to the islands, I think, for almost three months now. Uh, the last boat that went there was a 
a ship that was chartered by the Solomon Islands Electoral Office, um, I think to do registration for the national general elections, but because um, it was purposely hard to go and deliver, uh, sorry, no, sorry, not deliver, but to do the registration there. So there were no cargoes allowed on board. So if, if say, I'm talking about a cargo boat to deliver cargoes to the island, I think the last cargo boat was about maybe six to seven months ago. So the people had really depended a lot on our traditional foods and gardens. And uh, I just spoke with my uncle. So my uncle is um, a person who really is committed to serving our people through providing uh, transportation despite the remoteness of the island. So he takes a lot of risk uh, traveling to between one of the closest island to Tikopia called Vanikoro. And just be, two days before the cyclone hit Tikopia, he was actually in Tikopia transporting um, a church team to the island and also running examination papers for the Solomon Islands Form 3 national exams. So he was there for four days to just uh, deliver those exam papers, and then he left Vanikoro and arrived. So he left Vanikoro and arrived in Tikopia, spent four days and left Tikopia. And when he arrived in Vanikoro, two days after the cyclone hit, and it took him 12 hours by 55 horsepower uh, engine to travel from Vanikoro to Tikopia. Uh, if we add in the number of hours he came to the provincial capital, that would be around between 19 to 20 hours by outboard motorboat. So, so he really takes a lot of risk traveling between Tikopia and the other islands just to deliver some essential uh, services like national examination papers. And um, he told me that next week uh, he would probably uh, transport a health team to go to the islands, but again, it depends on the weather. So, who has been alerted as to these initial reports, and how long will it take then to get aid to the impacted islands? I understand the Solomon Islands National Disaster Management Office has been alerted, and I think they've produced a situational report about the situation. Uh, in terms of the emergency relief supplies, I'm not really up to date with the plans. If I can just use my experience working in the Solomon Islands, usually it takes maybe between one week to two weeks to deploy an emergency assessment team uh, to the islands. That depends again on the weather. I understand from my uncle who went to Tikopia by 55 horsepower engine that uh, the Solomon Islands patrol boat was actually um, on Vanikoro Island and was supposed to go to Tikopia, but then I think because of the bad weather before Cyclone Lola struck, so it wasn't able to go as well to Tikopia. So from Vanikoro, then it then biked to Alata and then to Honiara. So I guess it depends very much on the funds 
that are available and also uh, the weather conditions. And how severely injured are those? And how will they get treated? Is there a doctor on the island? Um, in terms of how injured they are, um, I didn't really get that information from my uncle who reported on those who were injured. With the medical treatment, there's a clinic on the island and I think there's a nurse. In terms of medication, I'm not really sure if the, the, the clinic has medicine or other essentials there because there's been drug shortages in a lot of the clinics, even the national hospitals and provincial hospitals around the country. So when that happens, remote rural communities are even worse off. I'm really praying that they are recovering using traditional medicine and other care from the community. You can read more on Cyclone Lola on our website, rnzi.com. The annual suspected deaths by suicides among Aotearoa New Zealand's Pacific communities has dropped significantly. While the overall figures across the whole population has risen with Māori continuing to be the worst affected, among Pacific people, suspected deaths were 5.1 per 100,000 people, down from 9.2 in the previous financial year. Lydia Lewis asked frontline community providers what they would attribute the decrease to. The Fono's Langiola Healthy Minds manager Renee Richards-Berry believes government funding of community services has played a role in lowering deaths. I can't underestimate the importance of working with the whole person and the whole family. Being able to have that comprehensive assessment and be able to tackle the causes of distress when working with a person and their well-being and their suicidality. That means being able to have that, that talking therapy, linking in with social services, linking in with education services, with whānau order, with other health services that are going to make a difference in that family's life. She says while it's hard to draw a specific correlation between the work being done by Pacific health providers, on the ground she's seen positive progress firsthand. We've noticed a real increase over that last year or two of Pacific engagement with our services. We're noticing an increase in complexity of the presentations, I guess, and people are bravely turning up at primary care, um, usually supported by their family and asking for support. And this is good news because that's why our services have been set up, to be able to support people when they're experiencing distress. The Fono's Langiola Healthy Mind Service launched in August last year. It provides wraparound mental health support to ensure the triggers for poor mental health outcomes are addressed. Tackling mental health is, is not always just about talking because the stresses come from somewhere and we need to tackle the stresses in order to be able to make a difference in, the, in a family's well-being. And so that will often include linking in um, with other social services or health services that will reduce distress. And I use the example of housing often. So you can talk about being stressed as much as you like. Um, And if your key stressor is related to not having a house or not knowing if you're able to feed your family the next week, then we can talk about it till we're blue in the face and that's not going to change the stress. So really it's about being able to link that family into services that will change the long-term outcome. Former professional boxer David Latelle, also known as Brown Butterbean, says services like this are vital in Pacific communities. In our Pacifica culture, a lot of it gets flipped under the rug. 
Before a death by suicide can be confirmed, the coroner needs to investigate. This process can sometimes take months or years. Until then, a death is listed as suspected. In a statement, the acting director of the Health Ministry's Suicide Prevention Office, Dr Sarah Hittrick, says the provisional statistics should be interpreted with caution. Her statement has been voiced. The trend from 2008 is a more useful way to evaluate any change in the suicide rate for Pacific peoples, and it is heartening to see a downwards trend across this time frame. Despite the downward trend, Mr Latella says there's still massive holes. I wasn't aware of the numbers. We're just so immersed in the work on the ground. He says it's good they're going down, but one death is still too many. And what we see, unfortunately, is a lot of a, a lot of need, a heck of a lot of pain. And we do our best to serve and support along with other community groups. His message to you is... Hey, this is not a sign of weakness to ask for help. It's a sign of strength to do what you got to do to help yourself and, and help your family. And if you're in Aotearoa and want to speak with a trained counsellor, you can free call or text 1737. If it's an emergency, call the police. New Zealand is gearing up for the Rugby World Cup this weekend, with the All Blacks taking on reigning champion South Africa. Nearly half of the team are of Pacific heritage, reflecting the contributions of New Zealand's Pacifica diaspora. Fina Fonua has more. The All Blacks will play in a record fifth World Cup final. Utterly dominant over Argentina. On October 28th, the All Blacks will seek a third World Cup title when they take on South Africa. The All Blacks are the favourites. Last week, they thrashed their semi-final opponents, Argentina, by 44 points to 6. It's the first time for most of the team to reach a World Cup final. Among them is their star fly-half, Richie Moonga. Moonga says he's still grappling with the reality of making it to rugby's ultimate stage. Something I've dreamed of as a kid, to, to win a Rugby World Cup. Even when I was young and, and, and thinking about that possibility of winning the World Cup, it just seems so far away, so distant, and so like, like not even realistic, you know. And to be here as an All Black with an awesome opportunity ahead, like, I just want to nail it, you know. I just want to give everything I can to this campaign and um, to have no regrets and to, to fully give my all. For many, the All Blacks' appearance in the World Cup finals is a surprise as they had lost their opening pool match to France by 27 points to 13. The All Blacks had also performed poorly over the last three years. 2022 was called one of the worst seasons in All Black history. All Black veteran Kevin Mialamo says he's proud of how the team has picked itself up. They've been under, uh, been under a bit of pressure the last couple of years. Um, it's, it's been tough too, you know, um, but just to see them um, start writing, writing their own legacy in the jersey has been really important um, and you feel stoked for them. I think for that group, for that, uh, that, that team, um, they're starting to etch their way into that all-black all legacy, which is great. Eh? 14 of the all-blacks' 32 players are of Pacific Island heritage. That's Pacific Ways for today. To listen back, head over to rndi.com slash programs. We're also on Apple, Spotify and iHeartRadio podcasts. From myself and the RNZ Pacific team, Tohani.